This Rise and Shine podcast series has been made possible by the generosity of the Zeitelman Family Foundation, which is committed to the unity and continuity of the Jewish people through meaningful and relevant Jewish education and wisdom. The hardest apology you will ever have to accept is the one that you will never receive. A person who knows the value of a decent apology isn't thinking less of themselves, but as we've said, thinking of themselves less. This is Rise and Shine, a podcast that offers timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations to fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. Here is Adrian Gold Davis. You know, a friend of mine came over the other day, and she was totally bereft, I mean wrecked. She'd had another blowout at home with her kid, And this time her husband told her that he wasn't getting involved. Now, notwithstanding that we all do need our own relationships with our children, it really doesn't help when the decision to not get involved is less of a refusal to triangulate with the kids and more of a passive-aggressive way of telling her that he thought she was wrong. Or at least that's what she felt had happened. But truth be told... She speaks a lot of these blowouts, and frankly, I understand firsthand. I am a veteran at blowouts, and I'm not talking about straightening my curly hair. But one of the best gifts the study and practice of Judaism has given me is the tools to create shalom bayit, or peace in the home and or business environment. While creating peaceful environments is complex and nuanced, there are a few things that tend to diffuse rather than add fuel to the fire. And while it's easy to feel more than a little resentful that you are doing the work of this again, Judaism is pretty clear about a woman's sophisticated capacity to manage relationship and her strength as an ezer kinecto, which means an opposing helpmate. What is an opposing helpmate? Well, sometimes we must oppose for the sake of the larger goal and the higher value, and that becomes the ultimate way of helping. But until we can learn to do that without creating havoc and leaving an emotional mess in our wake, we will likely have to take a holistic approach and set aside being right for doing right. It took me a very long time to figure out how to establish peace in my home. So long, in fact, that our nest was nearly empty before I managed to hit that sweet spot. But fear not. It's never too late to model these traits, even for your adult kids, and God willing, one day, your grandchildren. You see, between my stubborn, controlling nature and my husband's creative... responses to my micromanaging, everyone in our household revolved around my moods and my emotional whims. Even my eldest son, by the time he was seven, was able to forewarn his four-year-old brother one morning in carpool. I once heard him lean over to, you know, stage whisper, just loud enough for me to hear him, to his little brother, Just be quiet. Don't talk right now. She's in a mood. 
And I remember the shame that washed over me as I realized I was being handled by a seven-year-old. And I also remember thinking, well, why does he get it and my husband doesn't? You see, my lack of impulse control and my tendency towards responding with anger instead of the sadness, which was what I was usually really feeling, well, that was another. So, what I'm going to share is all about me. Well, isn't everything? All about what I had to work on to change and evolve in order to make our house function more peacefully. And while the others in my house had their own role to play in the bedlam, please swallow that slice of truth and know that the only thing you can truly change is yourself, your reaction to others, and even your reaction to your own thoughts. But there are some hacks along the way that work to bring peace and balance even if you are 100% faking it before making it. While Judaism eschews hypocrisy or false representation of self, it does celebrate the capacity to act as if in order to improve one's character, in order to pursue peace. We've talked about the famous biblical example, Moses' brother Aaron, who was known as a master of creating peace. In Hebrew, he was called Rodef Shalom a pursuer of peace, and even he sometimes manipulated the truth in order to bring peace between one person and another. You know, he'd orchestrate a conversation, for example, that would say something nice about a person's enemy, and then he'd get the person that he was speaking to to agree, and then he would go to the enemy and say, oh, well, so-and-so said this really nice thing about you, and then he'd do the same thing with the enemy, and he'd bring back the compliment to the first party. And the reason he did that was so that the next time they saw one another, they would both think that the other said something nice about them, which made the renewal of peace more likely. So, whether in your home or your office, with family or co-workers, there are two simple words that, when given over calmly and with conviction, are the roadmap to peace. And those words are, I'm sorry. And what's more, you need to learn to apologize sometimes, even when you're not in the wrong. You got to practice saying, oops, I blew it, or wow, did I ever get that wrong, to prepare yourself for the moments that you'll really need to say them. You have to know that sometimes you can win the battle but lose the war. Valuing peace over the moral superiority of being right Well, that's a gift you give yourself. And apologizing does not always mean that you're wrong and the other person is right. It just means that you sometimes value your relationships more than your ego. And saying I'm sorry to restore peace isn't a capitulation or an admittance of wrong necessarily because really, it is true. We are sorry that whatever happened caused a breach of peace in our homes or offices. We are sorry for any role that we played in a misunderstanding. We are sorry for the fallout and the tension in the room, even if we didn't cause it, because few of us enjoy the nuclear frost post-turmoil and arguments. Apologizing to my own kids was a huge breakthrough for me. Apologizing for past infractions or present limitations. Apologizing to my spouse 
was a breakthrough. I'm actually still trying to wake him up from the fainting spell after I said those words the first time. You know, when I first started making it my business to be the first to say sorry, I had to silently say this to myself after the words had left my lips. I'm so sorry, although I did nothing wrong, and it was totally you, and I'm apologizing because I hate it when it's tense around here, and I'm trying to make things less icy, and I'm sorry for any role I had to play in this mess, but mostly I'm just trying to make peace and improve my character. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. But I said it in my head. You know, I'm Canadian. We apologize for everything. It's how we roll. And perhaps that's because we're peacekeepers rather than warriors. We're lovers, not fighters. Now, this is not to say that there are not times when you are owed an apology, but my friend, just don't sit around waiting for it. A peaceful home or office is a more conducive environment to getting that apology you think you deserve or not. And here's the rub. The hardest apology you will ever have to accept is the one that you will never receive. A person who wants shalom bayit wants peace and pursues it. A person who knows the value of a decent apology isn't thinking less of themselves, but, as we've said, thinking of themselves less. Because shalom also means symmetry, balance, wholeness, and that is the ultimate environment for love to thrive. This week, can we examine our homes and offices with an eye towards pursuing peace and maintaining it? Can we practice those small apologies so the big ones are easier to dish out? Can we trade in blow-ups for blow-overs? I am sending you my blessing for a peaceful life moving forward. And I'm sorry if this was triggering or if it caused any pain. No, really, I'm sorry. Thanks for listening to Rise and Shine. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Adrian again next time for more timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations that fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. This podcast was sponsored by the Zeitelman Family Foundation. Spread the wisdom. Inspire Jewish individuals around the globe by supporting Momentum's podcasts. To sponsor, contact podcast at MomentumUnlimited.org. You're listening to a Momentum podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.